We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, We're just going to be looking at two verses this evening. These verses have been very helpful and encouraging in my own life, and I'm praying that they'll be a, a help and encouragement to you tonight as well. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5 and 6. These are my life verses. And, and if you don't have a life verse, I encourage you to, to get one. Uh, grab one, claim it, allow it to help you through life. You know, most people, when they, they get a life verse, it's not something that they take um, to explain who they are. This, this, these verses don't explain who I am, but they, they are who I want to be. I want to be better for Christ. And that, that's why I have these verses. And so I'm praying that they'll be a help to you this evening. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5 and 6, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'd like to begin in a word of prayer. If you'll pray for me as I'm speaking, I would greatly appreciate that. Father, we thank you again so much for this time that we have to come together and to hear from your word. I pray that you would please open our hearts, help us to be ready to receive the things that you have for us this evening. I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers, doers also. Help us to go out and to be faithful witnesses for you, to live the Christian life. And Lord, I pray that we would be reminded that you go with us wherever we go. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us and for the promises that you give to us in your word. We thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. I love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So again, we're looking here at Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5 and 6. And there is a a very special promise that God gives here that we just read at the end of verse number 5. And the first time someone showed me this verse, I was not a believer. I had not accepted Christ yet. As you read through the book of Hebrews, you'll come to understand that he's speaking to the brethren. He's speaking to those who have accepted Christ. So when he gives this promise, when he gives these two verses, he's speaking to those who have believed, and those are the people who can claim this verse. So tonight, if if you are saved, if you have accepted Christ, take encouragement that you can claim this promise that says, God says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. God has promised, I will go with you. I will not leave you. What an encouragement that is. The same God who brought this world into existence. The same God that we read of in the Bible, the same God that gives us this wonderful gift of salvation. That very God is the one who promises to go with us wherever we go and whatever we do. What an encouragement. That alone, that little phrase there, God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But thankfully tonight, we can also read of some other things that come along with that promise And again, if you're a believer, you can claim that promise. If you're not, though, it's not going to make much difference to you. Uh, When I first heard about this verse, I couldn't claim it. I couldn't accept it because I didn't know who Jesus truly was. I hadn't accepted him as my Savior. But once I did, what an an amazing thing I was able to claim. And that is Christ living in me, going with me. 
And as we claim this promise, there are three things that come along with this promise, and we'll be finished very shortly. It says there, verse number five, the beginning, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Very simply, we've heard this over and over again since we were very young, we ought not to covet. We ought not to live a life of covetousness. Let your conversation, your life, your way of thinking, everything that you do, live a life without covetousness and be content. It's a very simple thought, and again, we, we hear about this even from you know, the Ten Commandments that we learned as a child, thou shalt not covet. And when we hear about it, we think, why are we talking about this again? But obviously, God has put this in His Word over and over again because it's something that we need help with. It's something that we struggle with. I know I struggle with it. But when we claim this promise, we can be content. He says, and be content with such things as, as ye have, for he has said. Why can we be content? Because we have Christ. And when we have Christ, we have all that we need. As we go through these, these few things that we're talking about, I want to give a few testimonies of, of people uh, who exemplify these things. First of all, thinking about contentment, the first uh, person that I think of is Paul the Apostle. Of course, he was first known as Saul, and he was, he was a persecutor of Christians. But on the way to Damascus, he was converted, and he accepted Christ as his personal Savior. And many times when we accept Christ, I think we get this, this misconception that we have this perfect life now. No more problems, no more worries. We have Christ now. But that's not it. As long as we live in this world, there is going to be problems. There are going to be troubles, struggles that we deal with. And we see that exemplified in, in Paul's life. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we read of Paul, and, and again, he accepted Christ as his personal Savior, and just after this, he begins giving the gospel. He begins living for the Lord. And because he is preaching the gospel, he begins to see persecution come into his life. In verse 24 of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we, we start reading of some of these things. It says, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, and watchings often, in hunger and thirst, and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. As we read through these things and we think of Paul the Apostle, he accepted Christ as a personal Savior, but he's still having to deal with all these things, isn't he? He's still dealing with the troubles of this world, the problems that come along of living in a sin-cursed world. And then we read in, in Philippians chapter 4, Philippians writes, excuse me, Paul writes this uh, epistle to the Philippians, and as we read in Philippians chapter 4, you th begin to think, how can someone like Paul, who's deal dealt with all of these things, and now from a prison cell, how can he say these things? How can he write all of this? In verse number 10 of Philippians chapter 4, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. 
And I know we've heard that verse over and over again, but think about it. Paul, all these things that he's had to deal with and now in a prison cell. Why? Because he was doing what he's supposed to do. He was preaching the gospel. And yet he can say, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. If we can look at someone like this who's gone through all these difficulties, all these problems, I personally have not gone through hardly anything in my life. And I feel ashamed when I look at Paul and he can say that. I should be able to say that. You know why he can say that? Because he has Christ. And he understands that. That is the most important thing. If I would understand that Christ is all that I need, I can go through life with contentment. I don't need the things of this world. Another young lady understood this. Because of a medical mistake, she, she became blind. and she, became, she, she knew who the Lord was. She came to know Him at a, at a young age. She wanted to live her life for the Lord. And she began writing hymns. She wrote over 8,000 of them. We're seeing many of them today. One of them is, Take the world, but give me Jesus. Take the world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are but a name. But His love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Sweetest comfort of my soul. With the Savior watching o'er me, I can sing, though billows roll. Take the world, but give me Jesus. In His cross my trust shall be. Till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. I think as Fanny Crosby wrote the words to this hymn, she says, the, the things of this world, the, those things, they're but a name. They don't matter. They're, they're no concern. What matters most, she says in this last verse, to with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Some of you may have heard this, but when she was speaking to a, a minister friend, she said to him, if I could go back to the day that I was born, I would ask God to make me blind so that the first face that I see is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Fanny Crosby understood that there is only one true thing that matters, and that is one day we'll get to see Jesus. We'll get to stand before Him. We'll get to worship Him and praise Him. We'll get to be with Christ face to face. Where do we stand today? Are we content because we understand that Christ is with us today? You know, He may have gone up into heaven, but He's left His Holy Spirit with us to walk with us as we go from day to day. He's promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If we claim that promise, we can be content. And not only that, we can have confidence. As you go back to Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, it says, excuse me, verse number 6, He gives the promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That word boldly has two meanings. One is courage, and I think that's the one we typically go to. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But this word courage, this word boldness is talking about confidence. Confidence not in self, confidence in not what we can do and our abilities, but confidence in Christ and who He is and what He says He will do. Confidence in our Savior. Uh, real quickly, in Acts chapter 4, I see another testimony of this. Peter and John have been preaching the gospel. We see that in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3. And because of this, we come to the, the events happening in Acts chapter 4. This group of people, they come and they grab Peter and John and they basically put them in like a prison. They're holding trial. They want them to stop preaching Jesus Christ and His resurrection. 
And they ask Peter and John, and, and they say in verse number 7, And when they had set them in the midst, by what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. As Peter is speaking here and he's going through all of this, does it sound like he's wondering what he's talking about? He's unsure, you know, this, is, this, this might happen. This might work out. No. He has the utmost confidence in Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's only through Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. He has confidence. And it's, again, not in self. It's in Christ and who He is and what He said. And they saw that boldness in Peter and John. They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. But they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And again, as you read through the next several verses, you understand that they're going to come back and they're going to threaten them and tell them, stop speaking in Jesus' name. But what was their answer? In verse number 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They couldn't help but speak of Christ. Why? Because they've been with Christ. Now, of course, when we think about Peter and John, they had the opportunity to walk with Christ on this earth. And what an amazing opportunity that had to have been. But even after Jesus left, again, He left them the Holy Spirit. And they were able to see Christ working through them by the Holy Spirit. As they gave answer, it says there, the Holy Spirit was helping them. If you understand today that God is going with you, His Holy Spirit is going with you, Allow His Holy Spirit to speak to you and to speak through you, to work in you and through you. And as you see that happen, as you experience His work in your life, that gives you more and more confidence. And you get to speak about Him confidently. Also, I want to give this example. Again, I, I, when I was first shown this verse, I hadn't accepted Christ as my Savior. I could tell you what the Bible said. I could tell you that Jesus came and He died on the cross, that He was buried and rose again. I could tell you all those things, but I could not tell you that confidently. Not until I had accepted Christ for myself. Once I got to that point, then I could go and tell others confidently, Jesus Christ saved my soul and He can save yours too. It's only as we claim the promise that God goes with us and we, we acknowledge that He goes with us that we build that confidence. And we can have confidence in Him as we speak to others, as we give the gospel, and as we live the Christian life. We can trust in Him to help us. Lastly, real quick, it says in, in verse number 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We think of this, this word courage and as we go with the Lord, the Lord goes with us, we can have courage because He is with us. There was a young girl that I was able to hear about um, when we went through United Kingdom. They took us to a little coliseum in Lyon, France. 
And they told us about this young girl who lived back in 177 AD. And during this time, there was much persecution of Christians. If you were someone who claimed Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you would be taken to the Colosseum and you would be the people's entertainment. They would ask you to recant your faith, and if you did that, you could go free. No problem. But if you didn't, they would beat you, and they would ask you again, and they would throw you in the Colosseum. She had seen this happen over and over again with the, her fellow believers going before her, and she was one of the last ones that they came to. And they said to her, Blandina, will you recant your faith? To which she said, I'm a Christian, and we have done no wrong. Of course, they beat her, and they asked her again, Blandina, will you recant your faith? Once again, I am a Christian, and we have done no wrong. They threw her out into the Colosseum. The beasts had their way with her. Amazingly, she survived, and they came back out and asked her again, Will you recant your faith? She says, I am a Christian, and we have done no wrong. One or two more times this happened until the Lord took her home. And often we would look at that and say, why? Why wouldn't she just say, I don't trust Christ anymore. I won't, I won't talk about Him anymore. That would have been so much simpler, so much easier, no more problems. But because of what she did, the courage that she showed, what a testimony that that had. To the people in that Colosseum, to people years to go by, I was able to hear that testimony and it has affected me from that day on. Because I live in a free country where I have the opportunity to speak about Christ freely, where I have the opportunity to come to church freely, where I have the opportunity to live the Christian life freely. No one's pointing a gun at my head. And yet, when God puts it on my heart to hand someone a tract, I shy away. When God says, speak to that person about me, I think, I don't know if I can do that right now, Lord. I don't know if I have the words to say. If I would just understand that God said, I am with thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm going to go with you. I will help you. I could have courage. Courage enough to go and speak to someone. Courage enough to go and deal with the things that we have to deal with in this sin-cursed world. But it's only as I claim the promise. I'm going to close real quick. It says, He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Because of that, we can be content. And as we are content, we're no longer worrying about the things of this world. We don't have that distraction. We can look to Christ and trust in Him and put our confidence in Him. And we can speak confidently about Him and speak courageously about Him. That can be our testimony. But only as we claim the promise. Are you claiming the promise today? Christian. If you're not a Christian, would you accept Christ as your personal Savior so that you can claim that promise? I encourage you, please do that today. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.